Good afternoon, I'm Al Creston. You know, on this year's Good News Cruise, uh, and let me, again, ask you to follow up and find out what's going on for 2024 at goodnewscruise.com. On, on this uh, trip this year, uh, I sat down with Sean Forrest, who founder and president of Haiti 180. He also aired a documentary uh, on the cruise, which I was really moved by. Uh, Sean began ministry as a full-time youth minister in Connecticut back in 2000 when he founded Moving with the Spirit, Inc., it was a not-for-profit organization dedicated to boldly proclaiming God's eternal truth and love. And since then, he's had an opportunity to speak to hundreds of thousands of teens and adults across the country and internationally. Uh, you can learn more of his work. We'll have it linked at our site, of course. But you can visit Haiti180.com and SeanForrest.com. Sean, good to talk with you again. Well, how are you, buddy? I'm all right. I'm doing fine. And uh, I've been wanting to talk to you since we were since the cruise, but time goes by so fast. I didn't realize how much time had passed. But um, oh, it does. Tell tell me tell me what your first of all tell me how Haiti One Eighty was born. I I you know I'm a, I'm somebody who converted from agnosticism through Buddhism to Catholicism, and I was reading the scriptures and. God is pretty clear about helping the poor. Yep. It's it's in there and there's no way around it. So I was like, all right, well, which poor? And I went to my pastor and said, I really feel like God's calling me to help the poor. And he said, well, I'm leaving for Haiti in two weeks. Do you want to go? I said, yeah, I'm in. So I went <laughs> and, you know, one of those God incidences. Yep. And I went on this amazing, uh, incredible mission trip. And I, uh, I went to an orphanage and there were 300 kids there and, they didn't have enough caretakers to hold them and they were kind of just lifeless. Mm. And I went to play guitar for them and they, you know, they'd never been held and loved on and wow. uh, cause there weren't enough caretakers. Yeah. So they were, ju- they looked at me like with what I call dead eyes. Yeah. Just they're yeah. there, but there's no life. And then uh, a little boy walked up and came across the floor. There's imagine 300 kids are all just kind of staring at the walls and the kids. And I went to pick him up and the director said, don't pick him up. He's covered with scabies. And he turned him around and he had these wounds on his back from, from, uh, sores of laying on the cement. Mm. And he said, if you pick him up, you'll get scabies. You're going to get sick. A lot of them have illnesses. And I was like, Oh, and I, I, I pat him on the head like a good little boy. And then I, and then I walked away. And by the time I got to the third step, God just convicted my heart and said, so I'll die on a cross for you and wear your filth and sin, but you won't pick me up and wear my, my, my the, the dirt of my, the, this little boy here in front oh. of you and the disease. Like, Matthew you know, 25. Yeah. Right. Um, and it was like, God was saying, do you really want to be a missionary? Cause if you do, it's not glamorous. It's yeah. hard work. It's heartbreaking. So I knelt down and picked the, the boy up. And when I did that, I started goofing around with him, and he started laughing, and all the kids just came to life and ran at me. And I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. So I told God, if you'll let me, I will build an orphanage um, that will be like a home, and we'll raise future leaders of faith for your kingdom. And he let me. And then I said, well, we want to worship you. Help me build a beautiful chapel. And he said, do it. So we did. Then a school. We have 400 kids in our school. Uh, 20 elderly in our nursing home, and our clinic cares for about 2,000 people on the mountains, and we feed about 1,000 people every day. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, and, and and it's all because of God. I'm a musician. You met me. I'm yeah, right. right. I, I, I saw you for a while playing your guitar there. Yeah. <laughs> so tr- truly, God just wanted something done, and um, the only thing I did right was say yes. So yeah, it's it's been it's been an adventure. How how does that? How often do you get down there? So I usually go every other month, and then spend a month in the summer because I have to go there, be with the team, bring missionaries over counsel the team then i have to come back here to fundraise and tell people the story and let them know hey i want you to see what your donations are going to i want you to see that your hard-earned money is really like you just bought a bag of rice for somebody who hasn't eaten for two days and now they're good for a week right i just i want people to see that i want the transparency because you know people work hard americans are generous and i just and i just keep trying to build that relationship so one day they might be able to come over and see these people face to face. Yeah, me. yeah. Uh, so, are you are you able to? Do you have enough workers to do the work you want down there? Yes, we have a hundred Haitian employees, um, from caretakers to cooks to teachers to nurses to doctors. Um, you know, our drivers who wow. pick us up from the airport. It's uh, it's really amazing, and they're they're an incredible team. The hardest working people I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yeah. Do sun they up, are they Haitians? Down. Are they Haitians themselves? Yes, they are Haitians. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whenever whenever Haiti comes up, and I and I've learned this years ago, uh, a Baptist sociologist and evangelist who I talked to, uh, Tony Campolo, had a ministry in Haiti. So going back to the late 1970s, uh, he told me that uh, Haiti was the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. And I've heard this said over and over and over again. And I think a lot of people want to know, why why don't we seem to be able to make any uh, social, political progress there? Um, because Haiti is still the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, I know, you know, their history was tough. They were slaves. Yeah. And, you know, they were the first slave colony to free themselves with their machetes. Yep. And they beat the French, but then the French were upset that they beat them out, set up a road, uh, set up a, a blockade so they couldn't export and they couldn't get anything, they couldn't import anything. So they told them to pay a war debt equivalent to about a billion dollars. So they spent the next 130 years paying that off by deforesting their whole country. Wow. Um, That's the only way they could do it. So when you deforest, you know, there's consequences. The rain came, took the soil away. The soil went down, killed the coral. So you killed any chance to plant, any chance to grow, you know, uh, vine food, and there's no fishing. Um, so basically, while they were paying, trying to pay that off, they missed the Industrial Revolution and were set back about 150 years from the rest of the world. Mm. Um, and that being said, then trying trying to get through that in the modern world in elections and when, when you don't have electricity and you can't get the information of other people, it's really hard to have honest, fair elections right. and really get who the people want. So factions were created there and gangs build up with power. And then then it gets to a political level where I go, I don't know. Yeah. I just know there's a little place on a mountain God's called me to <laughs> work there well, yeah. and try to create future saints. Yeah. You know, by the grace of God. Yeah, there's there's some problems that we can't solve, but we can 
do something in the face of those problems. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing with your fantastic oh. organization there. Oh, yeah, exactly what you're saying. I just want to throw this out because sometimes people go, well, then, you know, it's not worth helping. And I'm like, it's especially worth helping because 99% of the people just want to go to mass. Right. And they want to eat and they just want to love each other. Um, so this is a people where, uh, you know, when the big earthquake happened, almost 300,000 people were killed in about a minute. A couple weeks later, 100,000 Haitians went to the Capitol with their drums and worshiped God. And the reporter had one of the Haitians say, we wanted to show the devil we can shake the ground with our faith. <laughs> this, this is the this is the people we're talking about of Haiti. They're, they're, the more you hit them, the more things happen, the harder they pray. Wow. I think they frustrate the devil. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... So how do, how do you do you cooperate with do you have linkage with other uh, similar ministries down there? No, it's kind of weird. Everybody just seems to be their own automaton, like just little thing, and everybody's just trying to find enough donors themselves. Yeah. So there yeah. might there might be like, hey, you guys have an X-ray machine, like we have an X-ray. Yeah. Can we send somebody? Absolutely. Things like that. That that's kind of how we connect. Or, hey, where did you find food? Uh, where did you find gas? So for a while, gas was forty dollars a gallon, and it just uh, there was no food anywhere. It was brutal. So you would try to say, hey, you know, I can give you a couple sacks of rice here, but. I can't give too much because, you know, these people are counting on me over here. It, it gets it gets scary. You're just really relying on Christ to show up. Yeah. And yeah. he does. He's Every time out, every time he's rescued us, when it seems, and it's kind of interesting, it's like, well, it's beyond our power now. We can only pray. Son of a gun. You know, God's pretty faithful, and he shows up and he says, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Let's go over, uh, in particular, each of the—you've got the K. Mari Children's Home— yeah, so I'd like I'd I like you to just describe them. each of these um, institutions that you've got there. Tell so me about Kymarine the children's means, home. Kymarine means House of Mary. We figured, what's the most beautiful house that yeah. you could have lived in? And we call it a, a house, a home for former orphans, because you wouldn't think it's an orphanage because they really become brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we do, we can do so much, gra- you know, ministry with them. Catechesis. I've I've brought over groups to run. Uh, boys retreats women's retreats there for them so it's really special um and and then we have the elderly home and what's great is the young kids would go over to the elderly home and and you know the elderly would pick them up read to them so it's sort of like this grandparent program started <laughs> so it's very symbiotic like god's like sean you ain't you ain't seen nothing yet wait do you see the story i'm writing so you've got um, you've so got have, the kaimari home the house of mary home for children yep. And then you've got the Kai Martina home for the elderly. Yeah. And there's a symbiotic relationship between the two. In, in Haiti, the elderly, um, unfortunately, in some of the villages, there's not enough food for the whole family. So the, elder, the the grandma will go off to die somewhere, and her grave will be dug already before she's dead in front of oh. the little shack that she's in. So we went in to do rescues while they were dying, and we, we're gonna, we were going to build – it was supposed to be a hospice care to let them die. So we brought them to our Kaimari nursing homes, I mean, uh, hospice care. But when the kids came over, it sparked them. Hmm. The kids would sing, and they're like, hey, I don't want to die. So it had to become a nursing home. (laughs) (laughs) It's so so fun. That is great. And then um, our our school is amazing. We're ranked the top two for our entire state because our 
our director, Emmanuel Declan over there has really put God first. Like we want all our kids speaking three languages when they graduate and catechize to, to really go out and, and be the hands and feet of Christ in this country. So Haiti's helping Haiti. So that's Immaculate Conception School. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then and our St. Mother Teresa and, Clinic. Yeah, the medical clinic, St. Mother Teresa Medical Clinic. Tell us a little bit about that. I'll tell you, that, that's such a miracle. Al, I can't do anything medical. Okay, if you've got a cut and you want a bear, they don't ask me. Somehow I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> um, so, so, <laughs> so, you know, we, we were seeing people die of things like asthma attack or fever. Mm-hmm. And we said, we, we've got to do something. God, help us put up this clinic. And sure enough, now we have an x-ray machine, a dental lab, eye care. It's truly incredible. All right, I've got the music coming up under me, Sean. How can people stay in touch with what you're doing? If they go to Haiti 180, Haiti180.com, and they can become a Team 180 member and help us monthly, or just sign up to get our newsletter. Scroll to the bottom and see it. All right. Let's talk again soon, okay? God bless. Good to hear from you, buddy.